Welcome to Sanctuary Thursday <laughs> Friday night review and we've been off air for a, a couple of weeks and uh, I think we've been a wee bit uh, um, missing it so we're back on air tonight and uh, we're full of the joys of the Lord and it's amen. the dream team you've amen. got with you. Well, welcome to James Cuthcart saying his amen already. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen. <laughs> and uh, Ian Jimison. Hey, woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Raising mistakes, Ian. And the, only a, and the A woman here with us, of course, I was going to say A two woman, A two, because there's Ray as well behind the scene there. Uh, Laura Dagan. Hello. And, and, and Ray Manger, who is our production team for tonight. And they, myself, Albert Bogle, we're here tonight to have a good time and to talk about our theme for this week and for theme for the whole month of of, uh, of January is what is what is it to be human? What are humans? And uh, that's what we're going to be thinking about. But before we go down that kind of theological philosophical route tonight, uh, just to catch up with everyone, how's it been? How you been? How you been getting on? Can I tell you about my cider? Oh, oh yeah. tell us about your cider. Yes. Here is the, the produce cider. of the Bogle Orchard. <laughs> Lovely. The local, the local brewery takes my apples because we do have quite a lot of apples, as uh, Laura will know. Yes. I've fed a number of your horses over the years. Yes. Uh-huh. This time we, did it, we decided not to give them to the horses, but we gave them to the brewery. And uh, so I got some uh, some nice cider delivered to uh, to the door tonight. Farmhouse cider. Fantastic. Um, uh, yeah. And does it does it taste all the better, Albert, all the sweeter for knowing that it grew just outside? Absolutely, yes. In fact, I've been thinking we might I might take some photographs of these apple trees now as they are, and then I was thinking I could take a photograph when it comes into the spring. And when you start getting the buds coming and then another photograph, take some pictures and, and then we could do a wee meditation come oh, yes. about the Lovely. apple tree uh-huh. and about how the apple oh. then, and then when the apples blossom, we open it up and it's a complete, the apple is spherical like the world and all it goes like we could maybe get a real kind of theological kind of reflection. On, oh, on the be good because the truth is the local brewery just takes my money. Um. <laughs> oh well, you see the local brewery down here. The 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 the, the, the brewery uh, uh, um, Douglas Ross, a really nice guy, and uh, it's a lovely little bespoke brewery. And people know about it in Bridge of Allen, and it's a great little place to go. We actually did a carol service there. Do you remember? And it was That's great. Right, with Piers and, uh, uh, Piers Bowser doing the folk music. Getting yeah. the collective together, um, and Dan yeah. Harper, that was great. Excellent. So maybe, maybe next year, Ian will get you to come and be part of that. Hundred percent. Listen, get me in. It's inside that I'm, I'm there, man. I'm, I am there, and you'll never hear such folk music in all your life. <laughs> <laughs> my dad actually, he, um, my dad, I, I had said before to my dad about, oh, you need to make cider because he likes, he likes doing the, the home brew. So he oh, does. Why? So he made some uh, homebrew cider for Christmas. 
included and it was actually very nice. I had been put off cider in my in my younger days. <laughs> but this was actually very nice. <laughs> well this cider is six percent, but Douglas very kindly made some alcohol free cider for Martha. Oh. Because Martha doesn't not doesn't imbibe in alcohol. Is that so good for good. her. Good for Brilliant. her. I'd, I'll, personally, I'll go for the 6% stuff because, you know, like my value for money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so what, what, what have you been up to? Uh, Ian, I was just thinking about you guys, this uh, COVID, this whole new strain of COVID and all that. Is it creating, well, seems to be creating a lot of stress <clears throat> and strain around the place? Certainly a problem. Um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, 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 the kind of you know, kind of yuck news is that it's far more infective than, um, you know, the current, the, the strain we've been used to. Uh, far, 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 far more infective. Um, you know, somebody touches the surface and you touch it after them, you're pretty much going to get COVID from it. Um, it's really very infective indeed. It, it's not like the, the last strain. And unfortunately, that's the strain that's currently going around Scotland right now. And um, that's why Nicola Sturgeon has done what she's done and Boris has done what he's done. Um, and the wee dude from um, Wales and Northern Ireland, they've all done what they've done uh, because it's far too infectious not to have a lockdown. Um, we couldn't, the NHS couldn't survive if it was left to just run. Um, <clears throat> so that, 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 was the, that, that was not the best news coming into the new year. Yeah. Um, swiftly followed by nearly up to 80,000 people dead in the UK. Um, it's just a mind-boggling figure. It's the town of Kilmarnock wiped out in a day. It's, it's a mind-boggling figure. It's so much worse than the, the people say, oh, COVID, it's just like the flu. It's not like the flu. The flu is terrible. The flu kills 15,000 people a year. Uh, COVID has killed almost 80,000 people in the UK and we will hit 100,000 before it's done. Um, it's really, it, it's a sad, it, it's sad and, and it's desperate and, 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 you know, that's the bad bit of it. Um, however, there is a glimmer of hope. There is real hope here because the boffins, uh, you know, down south and around the world, and in, but particularly in Oxford, have played a blinder and they've come up with a vaccine, um, and it's it's not perfect. It's not, um, you know, it's not going to give you one hundred percent immunity. So even if you've been vaccinated, you still need to protect yourself uh, and your loved ones. But you know what? It's a heck of a lot better than nothing. Um, and there is a sacrifice to be made, and and the government. I'm I'm sorry again call out the government in a bit um you know the government have said that it, it gives you nearly as much immunity as two doses one dose that's just not true it doesn't um how, two doses gives you much better immunity and there's no evidence to say that if you delay it and you delay it that um in fact you're going to get the same level of immunity having said that it is better to vaccinate the majority of people than to vaccinate just a few so the maths works out in a good way for the whole of 
mm-hmm. humanity. But we're going to get all sorts of stories over the next few months of the people that haven't been vaccinated twice and what's become of them. And we will see that because that's just the nature of the world that we live in. And that's what the media will 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 jump upon. But in, in an actual humanity level, in a meta level, when you look at uh, UK PLC, it's better that we get as many people vaccinated as we possibly can um, and then move on to their next phase as soon <laughs> as we can do that. So, But that's a huge ray of hope for us. Mm-hmm. Um, once the vaccination comes on board, we're going to start to develop a level of immunity to the virus and then the virus is going to sink down. And it might be that, in fact, we're doing this year on year on year on year on year. Yeah. In fact, my own suspicion is we, we, we will, in fact, be doing that. Mm. Um, and that's okay. That's fine. We just have to recalibrate our health service to understand that that's the new way that it works. And the old ways will become the old ways one day. And we'll learn to work within a new paradigm. And there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with that either. Because mm-hmm. um, there will be progress. So um, it's been a bit of an ups and down um, Christmas and New Year. Um, I've been on call for quite a lot of the time since... Uh, new year passed and that again that's okay that's the job that I do um, but I have been given my vaccine and uh, Joanne's been given her vaccine and uh, although it's probably only about 50 to 70 percent effective that's better than nothing at all we still would we still get the masks and the visors and the gloves and all that stuff and we'll still need to have that um, but it but it's nice to know that you know, at least we can have a bit more confidence to get on about vaccinating other people uh, without always be looking over our shoulder to, is this the one that's going to give me the COVID? Is this the one that's going to um, yeah, put me in hospital? It's become quite challenging for you all in that area. Not easy at all. Hey, Laura, is, is, have you been caught up with the funerals at this time? Are you busy with funerals? Um, well, I actually had a wee break, so I did, um, I had a wee break um, between Christmas and, well, I came back on Tuesday, so I had a, a good wee break, um, uh, so as just just now, I've not got any, um, it's been actually quite quiet, but I'm expecting maybe in the next couple of weeks that they're going to rise up. Well, let's just pray that they that they can keep a lid on it all. But it's, it is not. It's a very, very it's a challenging time all round, isn't it? Um, and James, what's your take about all that's happening in the US? Which how you feel about all that? Is that affecting the way you think about things at the moment? My goodness, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, it's just absolutely crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's completely unprecedented that um, something like the scenes that we saw, you know, it was late at night and uh, I was um, just about to go to bed and happened to flick open a news app and uh, just a brain filled with these images and the stuff yeah. that you didn't think would, would be possible, you know, and, and it is, it's strange. And I think we have the, the kind of sense of space, you know, because it isn't happening to us, you know, so there's a sort of morbid kind of interest in what's going on and how is it that bad? Um, but it must be so... So difficult, so difficult if you're living people. in America right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, With or, COVID or have all these and, loved all, ones. and all this civil unrest. Oh. Absolutely. Just the kind of, it's really unsettling, you know, when you think that we've had this past year where so many things that we've taken for granted have been taken away from us. Um, and so to kind of go to the, right to the heart of, you know, the 
kind of civic identity of of the country and say, well, actually, you know, that is vulnerable and, and up for grabs is really but, very but, disturbing. But, do you know the thing is, James? Though that 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 actually is one of the things that struck me about it. If that had been a BLM protest or uh, Muslims yeah. um, protesting, oh, yes. or or just about any other group mm-hmm. protesting, you can bet your bottom dollar they would have been the army there, and nobody would have got anywhere near mm-hmm. the, the the um, the building, and they would have been wading up to their knees in blood before the thing had stopped. Um, but because it was another demographic, uh, somehow it all the security was paper thin. Um, I don't know what to make of that. I think they'll have to investigate why that happened. Um, but I do think, and I'm always saying it, I do think there are a lot of 45 million people out there in America who feel disenfranchised, you know, who feel as if their dream, um, whatever straw man they built Trump up to be, and that's who I believe him to be, um, you know, they, they still believe that, that that dream, whatever that dream is. And mm. it's almost as if 45 million people have been sold a bill of goods. Or maybe they haven't been sold a bill of goods. Maybe what's happened is that people have stopped listening to each other and talking to each other and explaining to each other when they disagree with each other. Because no, you, that's what I saw. I saw people who stopped listening. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Because I think that will take us into part of this discussion that I want to have tonight about is what makes us humans, you know. And so keep that thought in your mind. Uh, but I don't want to depart from this subject just yet because I, I think we've got to watch that because we are a kind of global broadcast, there are mm. people from the States looking in on what we are saying. We've exactly. got to watch that we're not smart, Alex, because we are not in that situation. Mm. But the question I want to ask is, what lessons can we learn from our situation here in Scotland and in the UK? Is, is our democracy equally as fragile? I, I, I think it is because I, th- I think it's a, what it represents to me is a failure of communication. It's a failure of listening. It, it, and, and, and the other side of it, which has upset me almost as much, is the inability of certain sides of the the press, the right and the left press, to they demonise the other side. You you get people saying, you know, I'm worried about my jobs, and then a reporter says, well, that's a racist viewpoint. Well, it's not the same thing. Do you know what I mean? You can be worried about your job and not be racist. You can you can say thing you, you can say things which are not of themselves conflated to something that they're not and I think our press tends tends to be a kind of amplification of the worst bits of ourselves mm-hmm. you know it, it's almost as if we live in a world where you cannot be wrong yes you can't, yeah, that's, the, that's an interesting yeah yeah you want to say something about that Laura yeah I think that's it because like I've looked I've seen quite a lot on them especially on social media you know, and, uh, you know, even like, you know, if you look at, like, say, for instance, Channel 4 News, right, you know, on their, their reports on social media, and you always get, you know, you think, so you've got a whole lot of people 
disagreeing, you know, and you think, well, why are you watching it? You know, <laughs> if you're just coming in to disagree and disagree. But that it's this, um, aye, there, 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 it's the fact that people are, there's this, you know, you, and I think which is, because the thing about America, it's the fact that people have, you know, people in power, you know, senators and Congress people and all the rest, they haven't spoken up against Trump, you know, they're, they're Republicans and they've, they know what's happening, but they've not <laughs> spoken up. And I think it's this way, they're, they're obviously worried, well, are we going to be wrong in the eyes of, you know, the people that are voting for us? And uh, again, you know, and then you've got a lot of people that have got influence and there's this, they seem a bit kind of paralysed to, to actually speak their truth because mm -hmm. they're worried about, well, if, I, if, if I'm seen to be get the, the wrong opinion in this, this case, you know, do I lose my do I lose my career? Do I lose my position? Do I lose my livelihood? Yeah. And uh, it's it's quite a worry. I think it's quite a worrying time to to be in, um, because again, it also like sometimes I, I don't know maybe if our uh, writers maybe feel like this, but I know that sometimes you know you think, you know, am I going to be? Will people think I'm wrong in what I'm writing here? You know, for like Sanctuary First. Uh, and, and it's again it's um, because it goes out on a platform that, that everybody can see everybody's got an opinion about it, it, it makes you vulnerable Yep, I want to but, pick up on that in a minute and I think about, <laughs> because I think that's got relevance for the church I want to ask James something about all this James um, Laura's been talking about people afraid to you know talk up and gen senators in the states afraid to talk up but don't you think the same thing could happen in our country with our party system and with the, the way the whips work in Parliament and that people are whipped to, 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 to vote a particular way? And if you stand up against something, you, your career is over? Absolutely. I, I remember being really struck by uh, something Armando Iannucci said in an interview, you know, the... Uh, Scottish uh, satirist wrote the thick of it and everything and uh, he was asked you know oh, surely you must be incredibly cynical about this mob of politicians you know if we ever had a worse group of politicians this was a few years ago you know so before even this crop that we have now and he said no I'm not and, and actually he was saying that you know I do genuinely think that people go into this job for the most part with the best intentions and that they're good people and they're trying hard but it's kind of impossible, you know, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it was along those lines. I remember the idea that the job is so difficult and stressful and fast moving that people, I think it's like incremental, you know, bit by bit. And in terms of our theme for this evening, the idea of what are humans, I think almost it's a little, when we see the kind of lives of these politicians, it's almost a bit of a morality play of how little by little things can slip, you know, and you think somebody probably, you know, if they just wanted to make money or they just wanted to go on a power trip or whatever, there are easier ways of doing it. You know, being an elected politician, wherever you are, you know, takes effort. Um, and so I'm sure there are bad actors, you know, in all walks of life. But I think a lot of the people that are politicians that get a lot of flack probably did have good reasons and motivations for doing it. But then, you know, do you make a little compromise here? Do you make a little compromise there? And, you know, in terms of what you were saying, Laura, about the senators in the States and there's other 
um, aspects here of where the kind of extreme wings of, of parties have gone off on one. And it's this kind of energizing of the base thing, the sense that, well, we can't, you know, we, we can't completely, we need those people. Those are the people that will turn out, they'll put out the chairs, they'll hand out the leaflets, yeah. you know, we've got to keep those people. But then there's also the donors and you've got to keep them involved and you've got to, you know, and there's the media pundits. And, and I think it must be, I mean, I would hate to be a politician. I mean, it must be a impossible I'm thinking, and sorry, I was going to say, in any position of leadership, Laura said it when she talked about, um, you know, when you write for something like Sanctuary First, you know, in any <laughs> position of leadership or of talking about something, there is always that second guessing now that goes on about, you know, how many people am I going to offend with, with what, what speaks to my truth? Um, but we all have our own truth. And we all need to listen to each other's truth. We don't have a moratorium on truth. Do you know what I mean? I remember I grew up in the Cold War and Russia was the great enemy, was, was the great, was, was, was seen as to, this evil empire. Um, and the West was seen as good and great and, and wonderful. And the truth is, when I went over to Russia myself and met real Russian people myself, they were exactly the same as I was, exactly the same. And they actually enjoyed and loved the same things and poetry. And in fact, looked upon my country in a completely different way from the way that I had looked upon their country. And I remember when I would um, go around um, the bars because, well, you kind of know me by now. And I, I was going out after lectures and things I was doing. I go out for a, a drink or two with our guests. Um, and when I picked up the guitar in the pubs, what do you think was the thing they all asked me to sing? Uh, oh, sing Russians love their children true. Let Russians love their children too, which was a song by Sting, which was a, a brilliant bit of Prokofiev that he put into a song to say, you know, I hope the Russians love their children too. What he was saying was that we've all got, we've all got children, we've all got stuff. We don't need to fling nuclear bombs at each other well here's <clears throat> can i bring in something now <clears throat> to bring us into this discussion about what are humans the christian perspective of what humanity is and what are humans of course is both the it, it's it it's comes from a, within the jewish tradition that we are made in the image of god and part of that image of god is something about the freedom of to free, to be who we will be, that God says, I am free. That's part of his. So, um, but the interesting thing here is, and, and this is where if we get our theology right, we can start understanding who we are because we're made in the image of God. If we can understand something about, if God is a community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but yet free, but yet within community, how can you be free and still be in community? And, and all of a sudden you begin to understand that the faith, the Christian faith, is full of paradox. Jesus said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And think of all the paradoxes that Jesus gave in his teaching. And it's as though sometimes we've got to realize both sides can be bringing in a kernel of the truth and we need to listen to one another. Because as Ian was saying, we don't all have it right, but this is what the Christian community is about. And so often we don't do this in the Christian community. But if we would learn to understand who we are, because 
what makes us human, and I'm going to throw this out, is I think our, our need for relationship. And mm. relationships create simultaneously community. You can't have community without relationship, and you can't have relationship without community. Albert, physiologically... There's you then, get this paradox that's there. Yeah, but to, to, to take it down to its most basic and granular, physiologically, human beings are all communication. Every part of the human body communicates with every other part of the human body. And when the human body starts to go wrong, it's when these communication channels break down. Um, one of the things we see very often in my line of work as people get much, much older is what we call instability of old age. And that's when the nerves and the neurons that go to our balance systems, um, they get just a bit degraded by time and the communication network begins to fail. And when that network begins to fail, then we begin to fail slightly. But as I'm speaking to you just now, there's a whole lot of communication going backwards and forwards within my brain. So mm -hmm. my ears are hearing what I'm saying, which is feeding it back to my brain, which is feeding it to my larynx, which is causing this feedback loop. The whole of the human body is like this. We exist in a state that is called homeostasis. Homeostasis meaning at, you know, at this one point. Mm -hmm. And the further we get from homeostasis, the more we proceed towards illness because our homeostasis is knocked off. And the most unbelievable thing is that <clears throat> in communion with nature, the very bacteria that live in our skin, the very bacteria that live in our stomach actually affects how we think and how we feel mm -hmm. and how we're attracted to other people or not, or how we even understand other people. Mm. And I'm going to leave you with this one last bit of a very interesting feedback. Human beings are so fearfully and wonderfully made and so situationally aware that we will often walk into a room with somebody and know within a second we like them. Or sometimes the converse, know within one second that we're not that comfortable with them. Yeah. And, why might, and why might that be? And the intelligent part of us, the, the creative part of us, the, the Holy Spirit gifted part, where God heals us, is I think is to change that sometimes and to say, no, hang on, put your, put your preconceptions to one side and let the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit give you that homeostasis and give you that peace to understand and to deal with other people whilst at the same time keeping you safe. That's quite a complex idea, but that you're saying what is human? Well, there you go. That's what being human is. Absolutely. And it's given. Now, it's interesting. It's given. Now this is oh. the thing it's given yeah. and, and we receive something it's given. So this life that we have was given, given in love. So we're created and molded in love and love is at the heart of what brings about builds and relationships and, and builds community. And, and now here's the interesting thing, I think from the Christian's perspective, that's why we need to learn to talk to one another from our, our sometimes our paradoxes where we see things differently to learn to, by the spirit of God working, to bring it, to bring us into connection 
that the both ends, it's not always linear. Everybody talks about this thing as linear. It's not always linear. Sometimes the work of the Spirit is bringing us to connect us to see both ends coming together. Mm-hmm. I've so, got you know, a word. Sorry, that- sorry, I need to go, Laura. Sorry, James. <laughs> <laughs> We're both raring to go. <laughs> no, I was thinking, because I was thinking there about like the, the kind of body, you know, but I'm also thinking about technology as well, you know, and for us to be, you know, like balanced, you know, you do need to have all, you, you need to have a whole host of different influences you know coming your way and it's like when in the body you know like when cells that is you know that they can like mutate you know and i think that's like in a a way kind of like social media if we don't use that properly can kind of mutate as well because if we're just listening to like you know um you know, the, the kind of echo chamber, you know, people that are just like us and have the same kind of wacky ideas as us, and, you know, and it's like, and it kind of feeds and feeds into a frenzy, you know, where it's like, no, no, this is where what you're saying, Albert, about getting, you know, different influences coming in, being able to hear different voices, being able to hear, you know, what other people think and do and all the rest of it. Then you're getting this, you know, it's like instead of all becoming kind of inward, it's then moving outward. You know, your world is growing, your world is getting bigger. You you yourself are developing spiritually in in an emotionally in a healthy way. Um, But if you just get this you know, constant inward, you know, that this is the same as me and these co- these voices that are the same, there's, there's no growth. It's just, you know, kind of mutating inward. Um, see, I, I think this is another thing that is worth thinking about, is identity. At the Reformation and after that time, there's a period where the I is discovered. Self becomes an issue in philosophy, which was never before. It's a new idea, the I, the self, the individual. Mm. And then that leads into the philosophy of uh, existentialism and ends up sometimes into nihilism because there is no future. There is only the I. And, and, and a lot of our modern thinking and philosophy and even leadership models are based on this idea of the individual leading from the front, the individual leader, and all that. And, and it actually ends up in that whole area of nihilism, where as in the sense, the Christian volu- the Christian concept is <clears throat> of community. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we, 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 we collaborate, and we're people made to collaborate and work together. And leadership is about collaboration, and one is, there is no, you can have no many without the one and no one without the many, you know, and, and our leadership is, I mean, that, that, I mean, that is someone once said about, in the, it's interesting, the Scottish concept of kingship was that kingship was given by the community to the king. It wasn't like the divine right of the king, like, like the Stuarts then picked up this model of this is the divine right, the, 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 I'm the king. But but within the tradition before that, it was it was a given from the community accepting and giving you leadership, and and I think that's the model in church life and church leadership and all that. It's 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 about community and and leadership. 
being moulded and brought out of community. That was a word. It grows, isn't it? That's whenever, like, you know, uh, church, well, they'll say church, you know, kind of grows when, when you've got the whole community involved and then it, it grows wider. But if it's just getting, like, you know, led from the front by one individual, you know, it becomes a cult of personality. It's the me then. And when the me goes, it just... So, so here's here's the interesting thing. Could digital church, could could church online, be the savior of bringing us back to a more biblical understanding of community? And uh, when people talk about texting, they're, they're talking about the verb texting. When this generation talks about texting, they're talking about verb. But the the, the, the Reformation generation, which is uh, which uh, Linda Sweet talks about the. The, 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 the Guggenberg burgers, they, they were about the word and about the printing press and about the word and about that kind of static word and propositional theology, whereas community is about relational theology. Mm-hmm. And, but, but, and Jesus, say, becoming a human being, one of us walking among us, the word became flesh and didn't stay in a proposition, you know. But, but the digital idea it is albert but i would say the digital though is ones and zeros it's binary it's on or off um and and that's not where god lives god doesn't live in the on or off um that god lives in the in between um i think um and i i think that a the 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 great thing about digital um communities of christians is to allow us to listen. It's not just to hear. It's to really listen to what somebody else has to say. My close friend, one, a good, a good friend of mine, uh, was all about Trump. He said to me, he said, um, and, and but nothing against, by the way, Trump supporters, you know, God bless you. Um, I, I'm, you know, the, the guy had ideas, I'm sure, that really resonated. But what's interesting was that this this friend of mine, a good friend who I'd thought of as the most, uh, you know, really clever guy, very thoughtful, careful, intelligent dude, somebody I really looked up to. And he said, oh, no, I'd, I'd, if I was in America, he said, no, right now I'd vote for Donald Trump. And what I didn't do was say, you know, what, have you actually taken leave of your senses? What have you been drinking tonight? What I'd said was, that's really interesting. Why do you say that? Exactly. Why do you say that? that yes. what, what are you? What is it that you're expressing and saying that? And that's what I'm fascinated in, yes. and 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 that is what the two sides. And it's so sad, I think. Um, and as I say, it's easy from these hallowed shores, but actually, it's not because we live in the same kind of thing. We have two tribes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got we've got Labour and we've got the Tories. Right, and in Scotland we've got socialism and everybody else. Right, that that's just it. That's how it is in the United Kingdom, you know. And and in America they've got republicanism and the Democrats. Right, and you're either born a Repub- you know, somebody who votes Republic or somebody that votes um, Democrat. Right, I mean that, or at least that's the way it appears to me. That may be complete rubbish to somebody who stays in America, but that's just how it appears to me from over here. Um, but it's this polarization and the inability to listen 
Do you know what I mean? Has nobody on the other side asked them, why did the Democrats lose so, why did they lose so badly four years ago or however long it was? Why? And why did they just scrape by this time? If their cause is so just and so right, why did they just scrape by? And as for the Republicans, you know, they did extremely well with some with with a, a man who we is portrayed to be Donald Donald Trump. But at the end of the day, we don't know the man who is Donald Trump. We don't know. I've never met him. I don't know what he's like. I could go out for a beer with the guy tomorrow. He could be the nicest guy in the world. I don't know. He could well be. <laughs> I just don't know. And until I ask him, until I ask people who know him the question, I'm never going to know unless I explore it. How can I possibly know? How can I criticize that? But what, what we can say, though, is what is right and what is wrong. And to There's take a, a human being's life is wrong. Absolutely. There's a word um, that I wanted to sort of throw in here, Albert, after you said about um, relationship you know the idea you were saying you were throwing down your marker in terms of what are humans you know and relationship is key to it and in terms of what you've been saying there Ian I think one of the words I think that's key to human experience is story yeah. um, because I think mm -hmm. we're we're the creature that knows the story that can get the story and that can tell stories and I think that's what kind of sets us apart and makes us human and in terms of what you were saying there before Albert about the paradoxes you know the idea of not being scared of the paradoxes and leaning into them mm -hmm. and one of the things about a human mind as opposed to a computer is that we can deal quite comfortably with paradox we live all the time with cognitive dissonance you know we we say one thing and do something else <laughs> like without thinking it's not hard for humans to think mythologically or think imaginatively we do it in our sleep literally we dream and so for humans we are able to hold complicated stories in our heads and if you try you know and remember a complex sequence of you know you're talking about the ones and zeros you know a human brain will reach a, a limit and yet a very young child can do things that a quantum fast computer or whatever can't do because we're, we've got a different kind of intelligence and a different kind of sophistication. And so much of what makes up a human being isn't even us, you know, in terms of the microbial community like you were saying, Ian, all the bacteria and stuff. So, and our cells regenerate. So what stays the same? What keeps us together? And it's our story. It's the story of who you are. It's the story your mom or your dad or whoever cared for you and brought you up told you about where you were from and where you belong and what you're part of. And then you become an agent in that story and you tell that story. And I think that's one of the things that we need to recapture because if we keep boiling things down to these binaries and we keep boiling these things to the polars, um, the poles, then we end up dehumanizing ourselves. I think, I think, you know, when we're not willing to ask the question like you did there, you know, your pal, when we're not willing to go there, when we shut something down, then we're closing an avenue of the story. Um, whereas I think we need to rediscover and certainly it's a Christian community how to tell our story better, the story of who we are um, because I think it's a more exciting, compelling and subversive story than the one that has been sold as the kind of bland, middle of the road Christian, yeah. like, oh yeah, they're just Christian, that's nice, they're kind of polite, they're kind of sweet, <laughs> you know, like I remember hearing about um, a festival organiser talking about Christian uh, when the Christian groups come and use a venue you know it's like race course or something like that fields um and the, apparently the reputation whenever a christian festival came is they didn't leave a lot of litter 
but they never tipped. <laughs> and I thought, is that what we want? Is that, is that the best we can do as Christians? Like we're kind of neat, but not very generous. <laughs> like, and I think, you know, we need to get better at reclaiming the story of who we are. That's really, um, that, that's really powerful, James, because I think that's, it's like somebody like, like Donald Trump, for instance, Donald Trump understands this. Yeah, like he's the master. He can tell a story. story. And, you know, he got himself, you know, he was in the tabloids. He was, you know, I've watched a programme about how he kind of courted, you know, like the National Enquirer. He has a journalist always following him. Then, you know, he gets the, the, The Apprentice, you know, and he's able to, he's able to kind of, change his story he's able to you know he's the he's the author he he's reinventing himself and people think then that they know his story and uh, I think this is a you're so right about you know actually I think Christians in the church need to be able to say well let's reclaim our story and that's where the the power you know online actually uh, online is like such a um powerful tool you know to be able to do this um if it's done we you know not as a like oh we're, we're branding you know we're branding ourselves here we're branding god it's like, <laughs> no no we're this we this is this is our story and it's totally amazing and it is so much better than what you could ever imagine it to be and uh Oh yes, right. Uh, but, but you know, Laura, I think I, I think though that, uh, and I, I, the 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 older I get and the more uh, that I see and experience, the more I, I'm beginning to become to be of the opinion that um, our consciousness, our soul, if you will, is is as a never-ending tale. Mm-hmm. It never comes to an end and. And because it's metaphysical, it doesn't really have a beginning either. And our bodies and our brains are like receivers for this. Um, I I am not convinced of the localization of consciousness. Because for me to be convinced of that and to be reductionist about it and to say that it was all held within our brains and there was no metaphysical aspect to ourselves would be to say that people who get Alzheimer's disease, for example, and they forget their story. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if the story didn't happen. Well, I've got news for you. It did happen. It did happen. In physics, it happened. And it's yeah. still happening. And it happened before and it'll happen again. Because that's just how it is. Yes. Automatically. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. And it's like energetically, you exactly. know, it's, it's out there. So I absolutely refute, refute the idea that we are just... Uh, you know, we 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 are such things as dreams are made of. Is the line that comes to mind? You know, we we are so much more than ourselves. Yoda said it best: "Luminous beings are we." He said, but actually, Yoda was quite right. He says, not this crude matter, and it's true. We're not just those things. I know this because, well, I know this because of my job. Uh-huh. I know when people have gone. I know when they're about to go and I've heard the stories and seen things myself that I can't explain all my professional life. And this is not fantasy. This is real. This is part of my story. 
Um, I, that, so, I, I mean, what, what is human? Human is, human is this most amazing. James put it in one of the, the things he was writing about as being stardust and the bits of gold within our bodies. Yeah. Oh, that wonderful yeah. image of just the, the, these tiny bits of gold all throughout our body, the, the stuff of planets, you know, the stuff that is recycled never-endingly recycled it's it's just such a wonderful brilliant thing um i i just i just love that and and i thought that that also harmonizes with what what i've been saying that there isn't a beginning and there isn't an end um the story goes on it's it's marvelous i know because i had uh, it was you know that 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 kind of had read about and watched a thing about you know the heroes the hero's quest oh know, yes uh -huh. on. Yeah, and yeah. it is and it's just like a, a you know you might complete your quest but actually that's not at finished you're then on another quest and then another quest and another quest and it's just goes round and round and round and that's certainly never uh, it never finishes the story keeps going on for infinity Infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting so all the key cultural cool. notes here. Oh, no. Yoda and Buzz Yoda Lightyear. To Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what does the writer of Ecclesiastes say? To bring it back to the Bible. Um, <laughs> what does the worker gain from all his toil? I have seen the burdens that God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And so we get this eternity. Where did that come from? Where that is, that? is the image of God, Albert. That's what they mean. That's what I think they mean. He's the image set of eternity God. in our hearts. Eternity in the hearts of man. That is what it is. It's all of that stuff coming together. That's the longing. And and you see, that's what. Was it Augustine? Someone said, was it Augustine that said, or was it Anselm that said, you know, there is a God-shaped blank mm. in everyone's heart, in everyone's, in the, in the heart of man, longing for something more because he was made for eternity. Yeah. I'd just like for... to, to hear go to um, the prayer, Laura, that you wrote for us a while back now uh, on the 27th of December, because uh, it sums up all this when you wrote, um, holy God, you are the creator of all. We are your children, the bearers of your image. Community is in our body, our bones, our blood, our very DNA longs for community in you. Help us to fulfill that longing, to feel your presence in our lives, to walk in your light, to follow your son and live by your spirit. And I thought that was just a beautiful encapsulation of all of that. And this We've got a longing, haven't we? I mean, you don't need to prove to people they've got a longing. You know, every person you meet has mm -hmm. has a longing, right? It's to be. I think that's another part of being human is is a slight sense of needing the slight something slightly more, isn't there? There's, there's a need for some kind of fulfillment. You don't you don't ever come across someone who's completely fulfilled, but it's not like they're empty either. It's like you say this kind of more circular way of understanding. You know, we mm. there's just longing in us. I think I think we know that we're not. At it's home why, or fully at home or something but it's why we do what we do it's why we reach to the stars it's why that we want to colonize mars it's why that we want to it's do you know it's why you know the the, the pilgrims went out west it's why people went on ships it, it's just it's in humanity it's it's embedded in our very 
existence. Um, and but that existence comes from from God, and and it never ends. That story just doesn't end. Um, you know, I don't I I don't know what the next bit's going to be. I don't know what the next bit's going to be. I'm I'm so fascinated by what it's going to be. I I, I wonder if I if if I might um, bring it back to the, the one of the things that meant an awful lot to me. A lot. Laura, you're getting it tonight, you know, in terms of all the stuff that you've written. But do you know, James, your stuff was as mean as well, man. But I, <laughs> <That's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, Sanctuary First is an online worshiping community, and we have daily worship that you can you can get on the site at www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk. And the, the the two writers we're looking at today this week is. Uh, is Laura Dagen and uh, James Cathcart, and they've been writing on this, What is Humans? And the, the prayers and the reflections are really quite powerful. So it's worth going back to have a look at that. So it's, it's just to give you a wee introduction to where we're going with this discussion now so that you can reference it if you need. Well, so to get back to the thing Laura wrote, wrote Laura basically wrote, a, she was talking about animals and, and how the animals that we care deeply for and, and that are very much a part of our lives, you know, what, what happens to their journey when they die? Um, and, and the wonderful thing about, like my dog Rufus is, Rufus exists in the now. Yeah. Right? There, there's not really a yesterday for Rufus, but there kind of is actually. He does remember some stuff. He remembers that he doesn't like his harness put on. And he'll growl and snarl at you if you put his harness on. To, because he pulls, what are you going to do? Anyway, um, but you know, so but so Rufus does kind of remember, and then there's the whole thing about but animals don't think ahead. Now there is a, I'm going to misquote somebody just now. I think it's Richard Hitch, Hitchens, one of the great atheists, says that you can give um, a, 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 a you can give a banana to a monkey, but he doesn't have to think you're deified because he gets it. You know, he, because he receives the banana. I'm, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing badly now. Um, but what he's saying was that, you know, animals and um, higher functioning creatures, and indeed all life, doesn't need God. I would say he's entirely wrong about that. And I'm going to tread on some very sensitive spiritual ground here because I know there are people out there that would say, but the Bible says that doesn't happen. And I know that the Bible has some words about this. But I'm not sure that we actually, or, or indeed when the Bible was written, we actually understand what animals actually do think or don't think. In fact, when you look into the, the fMRI, functional MRI scanning of dogs, primates, etc., horses, um, then there's a whole lot more going on there than you think is going on there. Just because you can't anthropomorphize it or put it into what humans would understand doesn't mean that they don't have an understanding of something. Yes. Just because we understand God in a certain way does not mean that God cannot be understood by all living things, mm -hmm. by all things which we may even think of as inanimate like trees or flowers. We don't really understand these things properly. I, I really don't think we do. And insofar as religion um, criticizes science, for being a blunt instrument, and it is a blunt instrument. The reality is we don't really know very much. 
We know an awful, awful lot. We really listen to Brian Cox. He'll keep you amused all day. And it's all good stuff and it's all good math. But at the end of the day, we don't really understand some very fundamental things. Well, a little thing like what makes up 75% of the galaxy. We kind of don't get that. We're kind of not sure what that is. So science is a pretty blunt instrument. But I wonder and I'm going to put it out here, and I'm going to get pelters of emails, I know, how blunt an instrument is our understanding of God. But oh, is blunt. you could live forever Absolutely. in a human body, and your mind would never be big enough to understand it's, what God but, but Ian, I think you're absolutely right. But I think the one saving factor in all of this is that we believe that God has revealed himself, not in a proposition, not in a text, but in a person in a relationship and that that's the one thing that God has built us and called us in, into love and called us into existence out of love and so therefore even all these things that you're saying we don't understand I think the one thing that we, we do understand is this idea of love and it's such a beautiful thing and, and therefore that can sustain us through these, these times of, of anxiety or these times of questioning, saying, who am I? What am I about? What? Well, one thing I do know is I'm loved by God. And, and I think that's what the, people who believe in God, Christians and non-Christians, and maybe from other religions, have the same concept, first of all, that God, God, is love, God loves us. And Christians might have a different interpretation of what that love means, but it's, it's a love that's revealed for us in Christ. And it's, it's very, very powerful and sustains us through these difficult times. But you're absolutely right. And, and I think it, the Bible allows us to have, I mean, if you read Ecclesiastes, I was just reading here in Ecclesiastes here, the writer Ecclesiastes says here, humans and animals come to the same end. Humans die, animals die. We all breathe the same air. So there's really no advantage in being human. None. Everything else is, everything's smoke. We all end up in the same place. We all come from dust and we end up in dust. Now, it, you know, there's a reality in all of this writing in scripture that it's not giving all the answers. But yeah. what I love about Ecclesiastes is it allows us to ask the questions and to be sometimes the atheist in the midst of it all, or not the atheist, but the agnostic in the midst of everything. Yeah, and, and it's almost as though it's saying it's all right sometimes to journey that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what this community has got to be about, loving us and allowing us to, 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 in the parameters of that community, be able to discuss openly and honestly and question yeah. and then be inspired by others who say, but this is what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember a, a friend of mine has this thing that she likes to say, um, which is that God doesn't need me to believe in him um you know and i think i think she said that she didn't come up with this you know i think somebody had told her that but she had a time where she lost her faith and came back to faith but one of the things that helped her in coming back to faith was the realization that god wasn't could god could still be there for her whether she believed in him or not she didn't god wasn't relying on her to do some magic mojo to keep the whole thing going alive. and i think yeah. and i think so many of us carry particularly albert with you saying this kind of reformation legacy of the self and identity a lot of us carry a lot of responsibility in our faith don't we like we've got to get it right we've got to keep the engine running we've got to keep it going and actually maybe we could just take our hands off a little bit and say let's trust god with some of that 
<laughs> you know, and we don't have to cling quite so tightly to some of that stuff. Because uh -huh. I think as well, I think, yeah, because that was what I was trying to explore was like, you know, just put thoughts out there, you know, things that were, you know, that I was kind of like wrestling with. But I think that as we, because I was thinking about our relationship, because it is, it's about in community, you know, if we, if we, you know, if we as humans, you know, crave community and relationship, I think as well, once we start to really understand and appreciate the the you know the world you know the you know nature god's creation um more and we're not you know just maybe being exploiters of you know god's creation i think yeah. then we can have a, a more balanced relationship with um, all the creation, you know, animals and, you know, plants and wildlife and actually see God in, in that, you know, in the fullness of his creation, not just in our relationships with other humans. You Isn't know? it interesting mm -hmm. uh, that there's a plant, there's a, a program on just now by Attenborough uh, and it's called The Perfect Planet. And see if you watch that, it is so beautiful. And I said to Martha when I was watching it, you know, the colours, the beauty, and just the magnificence of the animals and the beauty around, I said to Martha, how could you not believe? Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a wonderful world. Mm. You know, I, I, I was, I, do you know, it's funny, that what, a, what how weird you should say that. I, I was talking to a neighbour of mine, um, and another neighbour of mine had fallen quite unwell. And the only reason that we knew that the other neighbour of mine had fallen quite unwell is because a friend of theirs had happened to phone them up and couldn't get them in and then had the other neighbour's phone number to say, why can't I get the other neighbour in, right? Uh -huh. So the other neighbour goes round to this other neighbour and finds them lying unconscious. So the other neighbour then calls the ambulance and runs down to get Joe and I. So we go up and we do our wee bit. And then the ambulance comes and the person goes off to hospital. And, in a se and essentially, the long and the short, and the truth of that is, this person's life is saved. Through what? Through these diaphanous strands that just so happen to coalesce around the right people at the right time with the right physiology and the right frame of mind to go around and to do the right things, to go and speak to other people who did the right things and then the right things. You, you see that how unbelievably complex a system does it take for that, what, this seemingly simple interaction? It's immensely complicated. It's immensely by chance, but it's not chance. And I said to him, we were both Christians, and I said to him, I said, now that's a God thing, isn't it? Right there, that's a God thing. And I think when you start to look for these things in, in your life, when you look for these things round about you and you try and understand people who have quite diametrically opposed views to yourself, then things will begin to reveal themselves to you. Then you'll see the strands and then you'll maybe begin to see your place in it and what it actually means to be human, or at least for you. That's what mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. 
strands is a lovely, a lovely mm-hmm. way of thinking. Can I tell you this? This idea of knowing things. This is just a strange. You know, I'm not into you know, God giving you information for normal everyday household chores, right? But I must <laughs> tell you this story. <laughs> this week we needed we needed salt for the driveway, <clears throat> and I went looking for salt and I couldn't find it anywhere. And then the local shop in the town, the guy said, I'm going to have it in at half past 12. So I went down at half past one thinking, that's an hour, I don't want to look, you know, pushy too much. Give the guy a size. <laughs> then I got down and he says, it's gone. You know, so I thought, oh. So I get in the car and I'm driving along and I'm saying, where will I go? I'll try Tesco, where will I go? And then something just came into me. It said, go to that wee garage along the Alawa roads. There's, there's, they'll have salt. <laughs> and I, I didn't believe it. <laughs> I had a lot of noises. But I, I went, you know, something, and I drove along. I went and drove in. Guess what? It was there. It's salt. And I bought seven bags. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't feel too bad because as I, <clears throat> as I bought the seven bags and was putting it up, the man came out with his lorry again and he was filling it up with a whole pile of salt. So there you go. It's something about, there is something, sometimes we, 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 we see things or we get information and it's, it's, not, it's not easy to, um, you know, it's like second sight, maybe not, but you know, that's well, something well, maybe that's, at some time we can talk about on this yeah, program, that, because not, I know that you've got some interesting stories there, Ian. Well, I, I mean, it literally <laughs> happens to me all the time, all the time. And that's not to say, oh, it's mystical. It's no mystical at all. It's it's a whole lot of different it's situational awareness. But it would you would be shocked, and I, I've been shocked about the times that I've just, I don't know, I've just... Done the gone round to the right place at the right time, or been in the right place. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I would make no claims about it, other than the fact that it's real and it happened. It's part of my story, and there you are. You know, take it or leave it. Well, listen, guys. It's part of our story is that we're two minutes over time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a fairly familiar story for us. Yeah. (laughs) What a great evening we've had talking about this. What makes us human? You know. Isn't it just amazing? But you know, I do think what makes us is I think God's doing something in this digital church, in this, in this, uh, in this new way of being community. I really do think we need to look more into this, the theology of digital theology and community, and mm. and how people are longing for community. Mm. People don't go on Facebook to argue with one another. They do go on because they want to. Can it make a connection? You know, there's something that's, people are interested to tell their story and talk about everyday things, but to have that friendship and build on that. And it's because, and I think surely that must be the area where we as a church go in to talk about community, which is so much at the heart of who we believe we are and who we believe God is. Absolutely. So there we go, guys. What is a church? The church is we have to model. The, the church is God's shop window for what humanity should be. Well, we need to model that. That's a tough task. That's the church. <laughs> we better get to work. And I think what breaks into that about community is 
it's got to break through all the denominations mm -hmm. and the Christian community needs to start seeing we're called to be to live in unity and diversity together and there's a paradox for you to close up with oh yes I mean come on definitely <laughs> <laughs> so guys thank you so much for joining us tonight thank you to you Ray for uh, being part of our, our, our technical support at the back of the weekly review and to you to Ian for being part of us tonight and to James and to Laura and uh, James you and Laura are on on Sunday I believe Yes, uh, with Rona Kathkar, and uh, we are building with gold. So at the new wow. time of three o'clock, uh, we're into 2021 now, and uh, the services are back at three o'clock. So at uh, 3 p.m., or you can watch it back later. And uh, you've got stuff up next week coming up too, Laura, the, the coffee shops ne on next week? Yes, uh -huh. we have, uh, well, we've got um, community prayer on Monday evening at seven o'clock. So if people would like to come in um, just for a bit of uh, prayer time, that would be fabulous. We also have a daytime coffee shop um, at uh, 11 a.m. on Tuesday. And we have the evening coffee shop on Thursday at the new time of 8pm. And we have early morning prayers. Yes. Which I've been doing and yes. getting a great blessing at 7 o'clock in the morning to get yes. that great little community of, of prayers is 7 even every morning. But then people follow it during the day. Yes, so, uh -huh. it's really, um, it's wonderful to see, you know, the, the community growing and uh, it's a great start to the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, not, in, not in Kelvin Gardens, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> now, to, Ian, to everything, there is a season and a time. There will come a time when it will be. <laughs> I completely believe you, brother. <laughs> so listen, oh, until uh, we see you again, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy your weekend and uh, God bless you. And uh, until next week, have Bye. a good weekend. <laughs>